Today we're going to talk about why the Tucker Carlson Fox News situation just isn't adding up. We correct the Mr. Beast misinformation going viral. We break down why grown men are threatening six-year-old girls just searching for their lost kitty cats and so much more. Because this is the Philip DeFranco show. Let's just jump into it. Starting with, schools in Flint, Michigan are taking a unique approach to gun safety. Because there's this fear of kids bringing guns or other weapons to school. And so what they're doing is just outright banning backpacks. And this policy reportedly lasting at least until the end of the year. And the superintendent saying, backpacks make it easier for students to hide weapons, which can be disassembled and harder to identify or hidden in pockets, inside books, or under other items. So now instead, students are allowed to store personal items in small purses, bring lunch boxes, or place their gym clothes in clear plastic bags, all of which will be subject to searches. But schools also might not be the place where you have to worry about your kids getting shot the most. Because in recent weeks, we've seen a number of stories of people just being shot because they went up to the wrong house or the wrong car. And the latest of these stories, luckily, just an almost situation. And at the center of it, you have Chris Robbins, a Texas meteorologist with a Facebook account called iWeatherNet that dishes out weather news to over 100,000 followers in Dallas, Fort Worth in Atlanta. But this week, he made news for something that didn't have to do with the weather. Tweeting, a child just rang my doorbell. Folks, you do not ring doorbells in 2023. My six was loaded. Keep your kids away. Signed, Chris. So as you might expect, there was a lot of backlash here. With people saying things like, stand your ground isn't meant for that, and the way you're nearly threatening anyone, specifically kids, is disgusting and why some people shouldn't have guns. To which he replied, I'm not fucking around. So after that, more and more criticism poured in, with Robinson repeatedly updating his original post with more details, saying the kid who rang his doorbell was a little girl looking for her kitten, as if that somehow made him look better. And then adding, this is not 1972. If that brat rings my doorbell again tomorrow, I will call the police. Take notes. And honestly, I was like, please tell me I'm being pranked right now because the hole that he was digging himself just kept getting deeper and deeper with him saying that he warned the girl not to ring the doorbell again or he might pull her hair, causing her to cry. With him later even linking to an article about that 84-year-old white man who shot a 16-year-old black teen in Missouri when the boy rang the wrong doorbell. He finally clarifies, for the record, I never threatened a six-year-old, which I think that's what you know you're in a rough spot. You're like, I need to clarify. I did not threaten murder to this six-year-old looking for a kitten. And adding, I helped her find her kitten. We got her kitten back. Do not ring doorbells in 2023. Which, yeah, unfortunately may actually be very good advice if we have trigger-happy gun nuts like this motherfucker. Good luck to all you Postmates drivers out there. Jesus. And then this news, these leaks, the, the general narrative around this whole Tucker Carlson Fox News situation doesn't make sense to me. We've talked about it on the show. Tucker and Fox News going their separate ways. It's a mutual decision, wink, wink. Or with how unexpected the announcement was, it seems pretty obvious. There was a push out. But also since then, there have been these leaks around Tucker Carlson, some videos, some text messages, a number of them being used as examples of why Fox News decided, you know what, enough is enough. But the content of these things don't seem to genuinely match up with why they would get rid of their cash cow. Or whether people love him or hate him, you cannot deny his numbers. Like in one of the videos, a bombshell. He's caught on camera wanting to wear a suit in a video and he's bashing Fox Nation as like a terrible website, okay? And then today, you have the New York Times reporting on a text that was included in a redacted court filing in the Dominion's defamation suit against Fox News. And while in the filings, the text is entirely blacked out, the contents were disclosed to the Times in interviews with several people close to the defamation lawsuit. And per the Times, Tucker sent a message to one of his producers in the hours following the January 6th insurrection. And in it, Carlson describes how a video he had recently watched of a group of Trump supporters violently attacking what he called an Antifa kid had brought up conflicting emotions for him. Writing, jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Yet suddenly, I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him harder, kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. Then somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being. Also adding he needs to remember that people love this kid and would be sad if he died and concluding, if I don't care about those things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? Right, and from that, people focused on two parts. The first being that kind of bloodlust and then the pullback of like, oh, whoa, I'm, my mind's going to a scary place. But also two, a lot of people focused on that it's not how white men fight part. And that being one of the main things popping up in headlines today. But I have to say with this, even if you are disgusted with that statement, it does not make sense that Fox News would go, yeah, 
That's the line, right? This is a man who largely made a career out of going, hey, old white people, scary brown people are sneaking into the country. They're going to steal your jobs. They're going to do God knows what to your daughter. You're being replaced. Right? If you're the Fox News higher ups, like that's not a different guy in the text messages than the guy that you platform to millions of Americans every day. Right? So far, the only different guy we've seen in text messages and on screen is when he's like, I hate Trump. Can't wait to not have to deal with this guy anymore. Or the stuff he was saying about Dominion, that not matching to what he was saying on TV. Right? And so all of that brings me back to there has to also be something else happening, something else at play. Because this idea that the text message making the rounds today, like that was just too far for Fox News, it doesn't add up. And then, and a lot of you hitting up the text line saying, hey, you got to update the Chris Tyson, Mr. Beast situation. With people saying that Mr. Beast kicked Chris Tyson off of his team. Right, with this apparently happening after all the controversy over the last couple of weeks. With tons of people attacking Chris online after they revealed they're on HRT. And a number of conservatives specifically angling those attacks at Mr. Beast himself. And when we saw Mr. Beast come to Chris's defense, you had fans going, hey, we're noticing that Chris is not as involved in recent videos and started to wonder if Mr. Beast asked Chris to leave. And actually regarding that, you had Chris release a video. I pretty much told Jimmy, um, just because I want to spend time with Tucker and he's traveling a lot, I'm just going to come and go as I please. I came to Japan and I left when I pleased. Chris also saying the same thing happened in a trip to Mexico, right? Joining and leaving on their own time. And so when I watched that video, I got confused because apparently for a number of people online, they saw this video as evidence that Mr. Beast fired Chris, which does not actually appear to be the case. In fact, Twitter even had to add fact-checking context on some of these posts, noting, hey, what you're saying Chris is saying in this video, he's literally not saying. And honestly, I gotta say with the amount of attention Chris has gotten with this, it absolutely makes sense that they might wanna pull back and focus on some family. So yeah, that's the update, that there's really not much of an update, except that currently it looks like there's just misinformation being spread. And then, so you know how yesterday we talked about Pornhub blocking people in Utah from accessing the site? Right, because starting today, legally adult sites in the state will be required to verify that users are 18 or older, with a law requiring a government ID. And while I can't speak to how many people that stopped from consuming pornography, I can speak to uh, how many people Googled VPN yesterday, with people in Utah absolutely scrambling to get some VPN goodness in their life. It's almost like all those companies and those experts that said that trying to age gate the content in this way, that it's not going to work, that they were right, crazy. But in completely unrelated news, I want to take the time again to remind you of the importance of cybersecurity and more reasons that you'd want it. So thank you NordVPN, or more directly NordVPN.com slash Phil for sponsoring today's show and helping people stay safe. And you know, there are a lot of reasons to use and a lot of ways I use NordVPN. Like recently I was in Mexico, I needed to check my bank account, you know, online banking websites and get touchy when it comes to connections coming from different geographic regions. But with Nord's split tunneling feature, I was able to access my bank using an IP address from a Nord server in the US while experiencing no hiccups as I also browse the latest updates on news happening all over the world. Nord's browser extension is a lightweight tool that helps protect your privacy, bypass censorship, and keep you safe while browsing the internet or even playing browser games. So just do what I do. Configure the extension to connect automatically, and then you don't have to worry about being exposed on the internet by accident. So protect your privacy right now and go to nordvpn.com slash bill to get a huge discount on a two-year plan plus an additional four months free. That's nordvpn.com slash fill. It's all risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. And then, if you're old enough to operate a Nintendo Switch, you're old enough to operate the line. That appears to be the general mindset behind some of this child labor news today. With the Department of Labor recently investigating three different McDonald's franchises across Kentucky, Indiana, Maryland, and Ohio, totaling 62 different stores, and they found that the franchises employed 305 minors who were working more than the permitted hours and completing tasks unfit for their age. In fact, one of the owners, Bauer Food in Louisville, they reportedly had two 10-year-olds that were employed but not paid and sometimes working as late as 2 a.m. One of them even found to be working the deep fryer, though the majority of the minors were working for Archways Richwood based in Walton, Kentucky. Them having a total of 242 14 and 15-year-olds working more than the legally allowed hours. So obviously less insane than 10-year-olds working a deep fryer at 2 a.m. But still, 
concerning. This is getting big enough that the senior vice president and chief people officer at McDonald's USA had to say, these reports are unacceptable, deeply troubling, and run afoul of the high expectations we have for the entire McDonald's brand. And a key thing to take away here is this is just a small part of a trend. With the Department of Labor reporting, there has been an uptick in child labor violations. In fact, since 2018, they've seen a 69% increase in children being employed illegally. And keep in mind, that's on top of the recent push for rollbacks in child labor laws. With all that said, a question I want to tack on to this story is when did you get your first job? For me, my official first job was a I was 14 years old in Florida and I got to work at McDonald's after school. My dad had to sign special paperwork. I was so excited. Having my own money that I earned for the first time in my life was such a big deal. It made people making fun of my voice cracking while I was operating the drive-thru manageable. But before that, my mom had like a plethora of businesses and she loved to hire me because I worked for free 99. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. And then that monster who fatally shot five of his neighbors in Texas has finally been caught and arrested after a days long manhunt. According to the county sheriff, Greg Capers, the man was caught hiding in a closet underneath some laundry in a home a few miles from the location of the attack and adding that the suspect has now been charged with five counts of murder and is being held on a $5 million bond. With this, we also got an update to the story around Texas Governor Greg Abbott, where he this week faced a lot of backlash after posting a statement where he described the five victims as illegal immigrants. With him now retracting that claim after many accused him of attempting to undermine the lives lost by dehumanizing and needlessly bringing up their immigration status as kind of a dog whistle. And a spokesperson from his office telling reporters any loss of life is a tragedy and our hearts go out to the families who have lost a loved one. But also going on to say the federal officials had told the governor's office that the victims were in the country illegally and adding, we've since learned that at least one of the victims may have been in the United States legally. We regret if the information was incorrect and detracted from the important goal of finding and arresting the criminal. Though with how unnecessary it was to mention the alleged legal status of the people who were murdered, you still had a lot of people saying this was a piss poor apology for him having a mask off type of situation. And then this is a weird one. The, the Texas state Senate just passed a bill that will give the politically appointed secretary of state the power to overturn the election. But a key thing here, just for the state's largest county, which has coincidentally, I'm sure, increasingly become bluer and bluer, making it a democratic stronghold. With the legislation written so that the new rule applies to counties with populations higher than 2.7 million. And Harris County, which includes Houston, is the only county that meets the threshold with nearly 4.7 million residents. And the second largest county in the state coming in at just 2.6 million residents, and that's Dallas County. How subtle. And as far as the specifics of the bill, it would give the Secretary of State, who is currently a Republican, the ability to throw out election results if at least 2% of polling places run out of ballot paper for more than an hour. But, very importantly, according to reports, the Secretary of State wouldn't actually have to prove that any polling places actually ran out of ballots. They would merely need to have good cause to believe that there was a shortage. And additionally, they wouldn't have to prove that election administration issues affected the outcome of the election. And notably, if that does happen, another election would need to be held. But with that, we know for a fact that turnout is almost always much lower in recalls or runoffs, especially in states where Republicans are imposing laws that make it increasingly harder to vote. And so if this bill is signed, massive, massive news with huge implications for the third largest county in America. And then Democrats are taking steps to pass a debt ceiling increase bill without Republican support. And in a letter yesterday, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries said that the Democrats plan to file a discharge petition, which if you don't know, because why the hell would you, is a procedural motion that would effectively force a vote on a debt limit increase if it's signed by a majority of 218 House members. A move that would allow Democrats to push forward a clean bill rather than a version passed by Republicans a few weeks ago. That notably would raise the debt ceiling for a year in exchange for billions of dollars in cuts, rolling back key parts of Biden's agenda, further restricting social programs, and increasing mining and fossil fuel production. But a small but also massive thing here, a discharge petition would still require at least five Republicans to sign on. While you literally have hundreds of House members, this could still be difficult given that even moderate GOP members are standing firm in the party's demand that Democrats negotiate with them. But this is Biden and Democratic leadership have repeatedly argued that Congress must pass a clean version of the bill with no Republican 
conditions, and also accusing the Republican Party of holding America hostage to advance their wish list agenda. And as all this plans out, the country is inching closer and closer to catastrophe, with the Treasury Secretary warning that the U.S. could hit the debt ceiling sooner than expected and as early as June 1st. And then the Biden administration's worried about our southern border and just struck a deal with Mexico to help keep people out. And that's because on May 11th, the Trump-era Title 42 immigration restrictions for COVID were due to end, with the administration reportedly fearing that this would trigger unprecedented migration flows, so it rolled out a plan to send out troops to the southern border. And it now formalized a deal that would keep asylum seekers from Cuba, Venezuela, Haiti, and Nicaragua from living in the U.S. while their cases are pending. And it reportedly doing so by housing many of them in Mexico, which agreed to accept 30,000 people per month as long as the U.S. did the same. Although that number is misleading. The 30,000 that the U.S. accepts have to be part of a parole program where they apply from overseas and have a U.S.-based sponsor, which is very different from how it normally works where asylum seekers just show up on your border. That is the group that Mexico would be taking. The deal also leaves a lot of questions such as what's going to happen to migrants from places like El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras who don't have a U.S.-based sponsor and are seeking asylum. But no matter what, it feels very much like we're going to be talking about the southern border a lot as Title 42 comes to a close. And understandably, there are a lot of questions about how this is actually going to look. And then, is Russia lying again? I mean, usually, there's an easy answer to that. But that's also something being asked after the Kremlin was seemingly hit by two drone strikes last night. Now, notably, only superficial damage was done, but Russian authorities were quick to claim that it was an assassination attempt on Putin by Ukraine. But with that, most people are very skeptical. With U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken saying that while he couldn't verify the story either way, he would take anything Russia says with a very large shaker of salt. Others also claiming that it was unlikely to be an attempt on Putin since Ukraine tracks his whereabouts and knew that he wasn't there at that time. And with that, some suggesting that if it was, in fact, Ukraine, this was more of a show of force to Russians that they can target them at home. Or what we're seeing a larger amount of people saying is that it's more likely to be a false flag to justify targeting Zelensky, which I mean, we've already seen. Beyond that, brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you for being a part of another daily dive into the news that you need to know. As always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.